My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. How's it possible the left still thinks they aren't spending enough of your money? Guess who says you might not be able to have Christmas with all your family this year? And are you ready for one million more illegal immigrants? One million? Yeah, maybe. And you are no longer allowed to use the term pregnant women. It's all coming up in the Greg Knapp experience right now. Let's go. All right, so let me start with Nicarama. He he quoted some of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's video that she did in front of her supporters talking about how, you know, getting something is really not better than getting nothing. It all comes down to this three point. $5 trillion bill that's really more like $6 trillion when you add everything in over all the years that it's there for, and it sets a new baseline spending. And here's what they're saying. Oh, this, for, this, this forced stalemate by progressives. They refuse to vote on the bipartisan infrastructure bill without having a vote on the reconciliation bill first. And moderates are refusing to move the reconciliation bill first because they have issues with the price tag of the bill. It costs zero. Who cares about the price tag? Okay, right. First, true cost is around $6 trillion. Two, um, most analyses show they won't raise enough money to pay for it without adding to the debt. And number three, even if they do raise enough taxes to pay for it, it still costs something. It still costs around $6 trillion. It's just other people's money. So they don't think it costs anything. Now, remember, that's on top of the spending we've already had this past year. Trillions on pandemic relief, as well as a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. But with all that going on, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat New York, is now saying, no, 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 nothing is not better than something. Quote, isn't something better than nothing? And you know what we have to say? When a bill passes that is underfunded, that only gives a crumb, you get that crumb. Because when you only get some and not all, then some people get nothing. Who gets nothing? We get nothing. So, you know, standing up there in that Capitol, I was like, I don't know if y'all know it yet by now, but I'm from the Bronx. Wait, no, first of all, she's not from the Bronx. We'll get to that. But I'm from the Bronx. And when you tell me, isn't something better than nothing, what I hear, what you're actually telling me is, isn't something for you better? And why don't you accept nothing so I can get something? That's what's actually being said. Okay, first of all, very difficult to follow that line of illogical thinking, but Wait a second. We have literally spent trillions of dollars on the poor in the United States of America. Trillions over decades. We're talking about welfare, food stamps, housing, school, free breakfast and free lunch, Title I programming in the schools, and on and on. That's just a small, little, tiny bit of the list of things that we have been doing. So that's number one. But number two, or maybe this should be number one, the idea that anybody is owed money from what other people earn is un-American and wrong. The country was not created to take from one and give to another. But that's what we've devolved into now, isn't it? We've devolved into taking from Peter to pay Paul. And as Margaret Thatcher once said, the problem with socialism, you eventually run out of other people's money. Uh, that's a joke. And that's only one little tiny part of the problem, obviously, right? Listen, we got plenty of ways to help people who are temporarily down and get back up. And most people agree with that. But you know what? That's not in the United States Constitution. It really should be more left up to the states. And it also creates cycles of dependency when the federal government does it. And that's not compassionate. You remember that scene from Cinderella Man with Russell Crowe? He had the, 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 it was a title boxer, Braddock. And he was down on his luck. And he needed money to keep his family going. So he went and took, at the time, it was called relief. But guess what? He got back in the fight game. He won a fight. He went back and paid back every penny of the money at the center where you would go and get your relief. 
And, and he said, listen, a country was great enough to help me when I was down. I, just, I, I need to pay back. Yeah, he actually thought that he shouldn't just take it from other people. I think it's pretty cool. So we've given out trillions to help the poor. We've passed trillions more in COVID, and they're calling it crumbs. Crumbs! <laughs> so show me where in the Constitution our government has the right to take your money and give it to other people. And really forcibly at the point of a gun. What do you mean at the point of a gun? Try not paying your taxes and see how long before someone with a gun does show up. You know, if you don't pay your payroll taxes, you don't pay your income taxes, you don't pay your sales taxes, you don't pay your property taxes. You know, eventually somebody with a gun shows up. The police. Or the IRS with their guns and the police. So yes, to take your money forcibly at the point of a gun. Take money from someone and give it to someone else. Where do you have the right to do that? You know, we used to do it, and we still have these things, but we used to do it to help other people with churches and charities and nonprofits and individuals who voluntarily and joyfully would give to help others. Many of us still do that. And then we get a little ticked that the government says, no, 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 you don't get to decide where that money goes. We're going to forcibly take it from you and put it where we think it should go. And yeah, we're going to waste most of it. Compassion is not a handout. It's a hand up. That's compassion, right? I mean, listen, would you rather be on welfare or would you rather have a job? Compassion is setting up an environment that spurs economic growth, allows entrepreneurs to create businesses that create jobs, and everybody wins. Lower taxes, fewer regulations, government focus on low crime, good roads, good schools. Let the American people do the rest. That's how this was set up and why we're the richest nation on the planet. But no, no, now it's only crumbs, crumbs. And by the way, she isn't from the Bronx. She's from Yorktown Heights. She's the daughter of an architect who owns his own firm. But no, no, she's, she's from the people, and she knows, and you're getting crumbs. I like what rapper Pitbull said. Paul Sackow is, is pointing out the Pitbull's on his 2021 I Feel Good tour, and in the middle of his concert, he was getting a little ticked off with these people that are saying America sucks. He says, to whoever the F doesn't like the United States of America, may God bless you, but F you at the same time. Uh, Pitbull might need to work on the whole Christian thing. I know, I understand, but he's, he's upset. Pitbull told the audience, that if you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries that we, the F, came from. He's including himself. And you'll see how much you appreciate the United States of America. Yeah, bingo. America sucks? Compared to what? Compared to which countries? They never get to that part of going around the world and seeing where people came from to come here. And you tell me that America sucks? See, Pitbull's a first-generation Cuban-American. And he even slammed the liberals that are wearing the shirts of Che Guevara. You know, he's some liberal hero. Well, he's not. Uh, books and books have been written about this guy. I got this from Maxim Lott where he points out, Guevara killed people without regard to guilt or innocence by his own admission. He was directly responsible for executing at least 124 people. He created a system that put gay people in labor camps. He opposed a free press. And he was a racist. But, you know, he was a great guy. He was uh, put Jay on your shirt because he, he, he was a revolutionary and rode a motorcycle. Pitbull also spoke out on the dangers of communism. He said, my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, I look at freedom and I appreciate that bleep. I appreciate the opportunity that comes from the fact that Castro took over everything. They knew what this country, America, had to offer is that you could control your own destiny. You had opportunity, and you had the number one thing, which was and is freedom. That's Pitbull. Yeah, man, absolutely. Oh, wait till you hear who's telling you you might not be able to have Christmas this year. First, though, if you're enjoying the show, 
I'm asking you to please be a part of the movement to combat the far left version of America. Rally around what makes us exceptional in America. So listen and follow and share on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. And if you could just tell three friends to tell three friends and so on, man, we can really get this movement going. So thanks for being a part of it. Fauci was asked on CBS News, so are we going to be able to have family gatherings for Christmas or is it too soon to tell? And his answer, oh, it's just soon, too soon to tell. Yeah, too soon to tell. We've got, we just got to concentrate on continuing to get these numbers down and try not to jump ahead by weeks. Wait a second. So do the vaccines work or not? Because he didn't even say anything about, well, if everybody's vaccinated, sure, come on in and have Christmas. Didn't even talk about that. So this guy has been all over the map from day one. You can't figure out why people won't trust you anymore. So now we're going to say we might not even be able to meet for Christmas again. You realize that 60,000 people in stadiums all across the country every Saturday and Sunday are gathering for football games, right? But we can't gather for Christmas? <laughs> is anybody going to listen to this guy anymore? This is not the way you get people to say that they want to go ahead and get vaccinated. Uh, people need to realize that having a vaccine requirement for schools is not new, said Fauci. It's not a new novel thing. It's very peculiar, specific to COVID. We've been doing this for decades. My own children could not have gone to school if they'd not gotten vaccinated with the measles, mumps, and rubella. Yeah, and those were tested for children. And those have had years to show you that they are safe. And we're talking about a brand new vaccine that was not tested for children. And you're going to force these kids to start taking it? Uh, I think you're going to have some pushback on that one, buddy. Meanwhile, Jim Garrity's pointing out what we've been talking about here, that it looks like this virus is going in a cycle. And usually in the summer months, the South gets it more because more people go inside for air conditioning. And then in the winter months, the North gets it more because more people go inside for the heat, to get heat. You know, it's too cold outside, right? So right now, guess what? The states with the biggest increases in COVID-19 hospitalization over the past two weeks, Maine up 22%, Pennsylvania up 19%, North Dakota up 18%, Montana up 17%, Vermont up 17%. Many of these, some of the highest vaccinated states in the nation, by the way. And hmm, they got Democratic and Republican governors. There's mandates and no mandates, depending on which one, but very similar outcomes. Huh, almost like the virus goes through a cycle and there's really not all that much you can do about it. And maybe we should quit going crazy with the mandates. No, 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 we can't, can't do that, Greg. You're not understanding. The Delta wave has already swept through the South, now receding. You look at over the last two weeks, North Carolina down on hospitalizations 11%, Florida down 39%, Texas down 22%, and on and on. By the way, almost 70% of Floridians have gotten at least one shot, and 59.5% of Texans. And that's not even counting children who can't be vaccinated yet. So these states that are being, you know, called every evil name in the book by the media and the president and the lefties, but I repeat myself, they are doing a very good job of getting people vaccinated. They're just not locking down and issuing all these mandates. And that got old Joe a little mad. And now all of a sudden he's going to get the governors out of the way when it looks like it's going to be about the same no matter where you live. And talking about the fear mongering, John Tierney had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal. Fear-mongering, censorship, cancel culture, right? It's all new because of COVID? No. He goes back to the AIDS uh, pandemic. In 1987, Oprah Winfrey opened her show by, by saying this. Research studies now project that one in five, listen to me, hard to believe, one in five heterosexuals could be dead of AIDS in the next three years. Of course, it was ridiculously wrong, but it wasn't Oprah's fault. That's what many scientists were saying she was quoting them. Guess who one of them was? 
Anthony Fauci. In 1983, he wrote an editorial and he said this, AIDS could infect even children because of, quote, the possibility that routine close contact, as within a family household, can spread the disease. Routine close contact. Well, he was criticized by that. People called him homophobe. Within two months, he flip-flopped. And he said it was absolutely preposterous to suggest AIDS could be spread by normal social contact. But other experts kept on warning of that. So this is a guy who really did push some crazy stuff. Now, the thing is, the researchers knew early on that this stuff wasn't true. One major study estimated the risk of contracting AIDS during intercourse with someone outside a known risk group, one in five million. But the CDC nonetheless started a publicity campaign warning everyone was in danger, even though the CDC's own scientists objected to this. They said the resources should be focused on those at risk, but no, 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 they were overruled. Their superior said that presenting the AIDS as a universal threat was the best way to win attention and funding. Yeah, it's the same thing being done with global warming still. And, oh, sorry, climate change. And it's about trying to scare you into doing what they want you to do and to raise money. And they've been doing it and they canceled people during the AIDS thing who pushed back against this. The AIDS fear monger suffered few consequences for their mistakes. The false alarms were long forgotten by the start of the COVID pandemic when the news and public policy were dominated by scientists who overestimated fatalities by a factor of 10 and erroneously warned that people could easily be infected by touching contaminated surfaces or breathing air outdoors. And today, most people, especially the young, vastly overestimate their risk of dying thanks to the press coverage. Yeah, I asked a few people over the weekend, because I brought you this story last week, about how many children in America since the beginning of the pandemic till now died with COVID, not from COVID, but just they had COVID while they died. And my friends were like, uh, 5,000? Another one, 10,000? Another one was like, oh, 7,000? Another one was 15,000? 479. They were all shocked when I told them the truth. Why? Because the way the media is pushing this, you would think that kids are dropping like flies. Why won't they just tell us the truth? Oh, and hey, Christmas, I talked about earlier. You better buy your Christmas gifts now. Dailymail.com is reporting on the problem with our supply chain. Cargo ships anchored off New York and LA are facing a four-week wait to come in and unload. Trains in Chicago backed up 25 miles. The global supply chain is on the brink of collapse. So what kind of shortages? We're going to see shortages in cars, shoes, clothing, exercise gear, you better watch out for technical stuff too. Everything that you may want to buy for Christmas, you better buy now. Why is it such a problem? Well, they've got all unbelievable COVID regulations at the docks and in the trains and everything else. We've got a lack of manpower unloading at the docks, loading at the docks, and in truck drivers. Gee, I can't figure out why. Maybe it's because, you know, we are doing things to disincentivize working. That could be one of them. And we're now telling people that they're going to be fired if they're not vaccinated while we're in a work shortage. Doesn't that make a whole lot of sense? Pre-COVID, the cost of shipping a container from China to the U.S. West Coast, roughly $1,300. Today, that cost has risen. You ready? One container, $35,000. Wait, from $1,300 to $35,000? Yeah. And the right to use those containers goes to the highest bidder. So that price goes up. And some of the retailers, the smaller guys, can't afford it. They're going out of business. So more and more big stores instead of small guys, moms and pops. And some have tried to turn to air freight. That's overwhelmed that system. And that makes that more expensive. So we're doing everything to make that worse instead of better. 
Hmm. Last week, I told you about Point Park University, where they were threatening students that if you don't call a student by his preferred pronoun, what do you mean his? What about hers or theirs or theirs? You're right. I can't remember that you could be punished severely. And Logan Dubel wrote for Campus Reform that story, and it got picked up by Fox News and New York Post and people like me. And so now there is a petition by some of the students trying to remove him from campus. We need to remove Logan Dubel from campus as well as others like him who refuse to respect other people's pronouns. There is no possible way to be a moral, correct person, I think they meant morally, while also disrespecting people's pronouns. Logan Dubel and others like him, they use him? How do they know that's his pronoun? Logan Dubel and others like him are the scum of the earth. No one belongs on our campus who does not respect other people's pronouns. <laughs> Without a hint of irony, they talk about respecting others while they call them the scum of the earth. That's great. Dubel fired back. At Point Park University, everyone preaches inclusion this and inclusion that until they find out you are a conservative. After that, discovery's made. It's a different story. Mm-hmm. They expect everyone on campus to bow down to their wishes and call them by these made-up pronouns, some of which I've never heard of before. Come on now, he's making that up, right? No, have you heard of per, or v, or ve, or z, or her, or zim, or zer, or zem? Those are just some of them that I found in a quick Google search. Don't you know how to use those? Come on, man. <laughs> Jordan Lancaster reporting from the Washington Post that they have updated their style book guidance and that as a writer, you should not write pregnant women and other pregnant individuals. Sorry, you should say pregnant women and other pregnant individuals rather than just writing pregnant women, you know, to be more inclusive. While biology dictates who can become pregnant. Uh-oh, they're going to be in trouble for that one. Biology does not dictate that. Men can have babies too. While biology dictates who can become pregnant, it does not always reflect gender identity. The guidance says, if we say pregnant women, we exclude those who are transgender and non-binary. I wonder how long they're going to get away with that. Biology dictates who can become pregnant? Come on, Washington Post. Get woke. Migrant crisis could get worse. Failure by the Biden administration to address the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, according to an anti-corruption activist in Guatemala, could lead to a million people coming to the border. You know, we told them that we're going to reunite families. Now they're coming. A million people. That's one report. NBC says we could expect 60,000 more in the way. In October, now estimating we may get 400,000 coming in a single month. The 60,000 number comes from Panama's Minister of Foreign Affairs. So 400,000 in a single month. You realize that 200,000 was a 21-year high, and now we're talking about 400,000? Meanwhile, the Homeland Security people have said, you know, we're not going to just remove people from the country just because they're here illegally. And, and, and even sometimes if they've committed a crime, you know, there could be mitigating circumstances. We're, we're only going to go after the really bad crimes. I'm sure that won't have any increase in the number of people who are coming. Meanwhile, we've got activists going after Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona. She teaches at Arizona State University, and the activist followed her from the classroom to the bathroom while videotaping her and demanding that she take action on a, quote, pathway to citizenship. Woman can't even go to the bathroom now. That's, that's nice. And on Saturday, NBC Sports was reporting on the NASCAR winning driver, Brandon Brown at Talladega Super Speedway. And as they're interviewing him, you hear in the background, F Joe Biden. But of course, they're actually saying it, you know, F Joe Biden. And you can hear it very clearly. And the interviewer says, they're chanting, 
Brandon, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> They're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Well, you know, she's trying to clean it up. But the problem is she's lying, and everybody knows she's lying. And it's another one of these things where we're lied to by the press. Oh, come on, it's not that big a deal. Let's go, Brandon. F. Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, it's very similar. And finally, Caitlin O'Kane reporting a Danish artist, Jens Hanning, was asked to recreate two of his previous works. It was an average Danish annual income and an average Austrian annual income, first exhibited in 2007. Both used actual cash to show the average incomes of the two countries. Wait a second, so he just put cash on a canvas and said, this is art? Yeah. That's art? Well, one man's art is another man's, uh, you know, lazy way to make some money. Well, he has been commissioned to do some new work. And they wanted him to, to, to update that. They were going to give him the banknotes to use in the work. And they, the contract stated the museum would give him an additional 6,000 euros to update it as needed in the future. That sounds like a pretty good gig. He was given 84 grand by the museum to use in the art. And he sent them two blank canvases and said they were titled, Take the Money and Run. And he has. And they don't know where he is. Or where the money is. And he put out a press release. Everyone would like to have more money. And in our society, work industries are valued differently. The artwork is essentially about the working conditions of artists. It is a statement saying that we also have the responsibility of questioning the structures that we're a part of. And if these structures are completely unreasonable, we must break them. It can be your marriage or work. It can be any type of societal structure. Right, so this guy's saying that he's not getting paid enough to put cash on canvas and call it art. And now... He's taken $84,000, sent them blank canvases, and called it Take the Money and Run? I think this guy's a feature in politics. My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience. <laughs>